Good morning. It's good to be here. Glad that you are here. Um, we are glad that you're here. We're glad that you're watching virtually, those who are. Hi. Nice to for you to see us. Not, I mean, we can't see you, but hello. Um, we are glad that, that you have decided to join us, either virtually or in person. Uh, we have different things going on. I made a call, but it didn't go through, apparently. Because I've asked a couple people, and they said they never got it. But I made a call for uh, homecoming, which is not today, but next Sunday. So please invite people. And if you're watching, be here. I mean, that's we're not even going to say please. Be here. Thank you. Um, we we do want you to be here on uh, next Sunday, ten o'clock, and bring some food with you, and bring some people with you, and we are going to have a great time. Uh, doing there, we have a lot of different things going on. Um, we have uh, Leneva's group is coming, the Jesus League. They are going to be here doing some dowel rod for us and uh, and some neat things going on there. We have a a new mom from new mom, old mom. We have a mom from short. We have a mom from Gretchen. That's right. We have some special singing. Yes. So we got a lot of great things, and the the state youth director is going to be here on that Sunday. So please, <coughs> excuse me, do plan to be here for that. Uh, also, the following, no, excuse me, two Sundays after that is Father's Day. So just like we did for Mother's Day, we made a little video. If you can do that, I will try to make 30 seconds because... Jeff said everybody made their videos really long. Even I thought it was good. It turned out really nice. So please, <laughs> please make a video. Send it to Jeff just like you did before. Uh, but this time about your dad, memories or things that he's taught you, or any any good things. Or if you don't have many memories of your dad, uh, if you are a dad and want to talk about being a dad and how great that was. So you know any any kind of thing like that but send them to jeff so he'll put them together for father's day and we'll, we'll celebrate together if you have not yet purchased anything for the shoe boxes the item for the month of may is anything rainbows so rainbow um, uh, coloring books and and crayons markers colored pencils all that stuff and the month of june if you're jumping in early haha <laughs> jump it is jump ropes so, um, jumping into into summer, so we'll we'll get jump ropes for that. And if you don't have time or money to do that, then bring some bring a shoebox, or um, or you can donate a couple dollars for the shipping, because we are going to have lots of boxes, and we plan to, and they're going to be stuffed full. Thank goodness. And uh, any other any other announcements? Not that I can think of. But if we if we have any other things. That's right. I knew. Yes. So, if you if you <laughs> are available on Wednesday, we are going to at least our class is going to come together on Wednesday and do some cleanup. So we will be out here um, pulling up weeds in the last minute weeds that are out, and we're going to be um, wiping down things and just getting the bathrooms looking nice, anything like that. And uh, if you would like to participate, or if you can't be here on Wednesday to participate, then just let Sister Joyner know, and she will set up a time for you. That was basically what my call said, but 
um, if you are able to, to be here for Wednesday, then that would be great. But if not, then a different time. And uh, with that, well, we're going to be here no later than 7. Um, it, we might get here a little bit earlier, maybe 6.30-ish for for Wednesday night and uh, and start cleaning then. And hopefully there won't be too, too much, and especially with all of us coming together to do all that stuff. It won't take very long, but um, that will be the time that we plan to. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> this goes along with that, but um, mom was mom was reading just this past week that for those because we have some poison out here, and we asked last week that if anyone had a sprayer to bring a sprayer and to um, and spray and help and, and get some of that poison out. But she was reading just recently that um, that goats will eat the poison oak and ivy, and it does not affect their systems. So, if anyone has a goat, or several goats, because it would take more than one, he'd get full um, <laughs> after after a little bit of that. So, if, if you're watching today, and you have a goat, or more than one goat, or you know someone who has goats, um, you know, we just want to present everything that we have to the Lord. He, he is... Um, he can use anything that we have, even goats. So, <laughs> if you do have um, that, we would that you can bring them here and uh, tether them to one of the trees so they don't wander away and get eaten by um, a wild animal or Shane. Um, then <laughs> he, yes, he talks about wanting a goat all the time for eating purposes. But um, but we would be <laughs> happy. They're good if you cook them right. Um, but we, you know, anything that you have for <laughs> for the use of the Lord, you just bring it to you bring it to the Lord's house, and uh, and he, it can be useful. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and blessings and grace, and we thank you because you are so good and so holy, so righteous. God, we thank you and we praise you that we can come into your presence and, and bring our needs to you, God, that we can bring any concerns that we have and just lay them down at your feet. God, that we can we can turn each and everything over to you. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are here with us in this place because you said in your word that where two or three are gathered together, you would be there in the midst of them. And we just ask that you accept our worship today, God, that everything that is said and done would honor and please you. Father, that we could serve you with our whole hearts today, that anything that we have, we bring to you. God, that anything that we need, we ask of you and understand that you can supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God, I just ask your will be done in everything said and done today. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. My God is more than 
He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. All of the earth is His. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof, everything that I need, you can be sure of, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God, oh Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs? When by my faith I know my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs? When by my faith I know my God is more than enough, He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, he is my God, and my God is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. My God is more than enough. Oh, He is more than enough. My God is more than enough.
without him. Yes, I 
praise you, Jesus. You were reaching through the storm, walking on the water, even when I could not see. For a moment, did you forsake me? And after all, you are constant. And after all, you are only good. After all, you are sovereign. Not for a moment. Hallelujah. 
Bless his holy name. morning welcome to the Cornelius Church of God it's good to be back home it's good to go on vacation and it's good to have a good time but I'm like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz there ain't no place like home and it is good to be back home it's good to be back in God's house and see my family I love them and I thank God for them it's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all your blessings. Help us to never, ever take them for granted. Help us to know that you're the giver of all good and that when something good happens to us, that we be very careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. I pray that you touch us all and bless every gift and every giver. For those who can't give, I pray that you bless them so that the next time they'll be able to. I pray that you touch our service, the remainder of it, that you'll touch the message and the messenger that what we have will be food for our soul, meat for our table, that it will lift us up and sustain us and keep us till the next time. In your name we ask it. Amen. You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that calls me on Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives see everybody. I know, I know we have a lot of people on vacation. Hope they're safe and make it home yes. safely. And um, it's time now for prayer requests spoken first. Brother Mike. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pray they make it home safe. Gretchen. Definitely, let's pray for the preacher. Rhonda. Definitely pray for Zach and his family. Brother Vic. Your wife. Yes, sir. I want to pray for my uncle too um you know he lost his wife last week and uh 
had his services this week, so definitely pray for him. He's going to be some rough times ahead of him for sure. Anyone else? If not, raise hands or unspoken requests and stand with me as we take these two.
Everything comes alive. Everything comes alive. Everything comes alive. Everything comes alive. And you. In the evening when my bones are tired. You're my strength and my heart's desire. You're the light when the sun expires. And I remember how far I've come. I'm not lost with you, I'm home. I didn't find you on my Today will be the end of our Nehemiah series. If you did not get to see the whole thing, it is all online. Yes, on uh, Cornelius. Is it Church of God Cornelius? Church of God. Yes, okay. I mess it up sometimes. Church of God Cornelius. Org. Of course, if you're already watching online, then you knew where to go. But um, <laughs> but Church of God Cornelius. Org and uh, they. All the messages from months ago are archived there. So if you missed any of them, then uh, you are <laughs> very welcome to look back <laughs> and find out what happened with Nehemiah. And um, we will be, next week will be the state youth director will be preaching. And then after that, unless things change, uh, there, there will be another series. I don't know how long that one will be, but I have another series going. I for I don't know how long I've been typing in the notes in my phone different series and different sermons and that sort of thing, and so I'm, I'm excited about. Yeah, I mean I've enjoyed it, but that's the way my mind works. <laughs> um, you know, linear and and in a systematic kind of way. So it's I've enjoyed it, but anyway, so. Today we are in Nehemiah chapter 13 and we're going to talk about returning. In this particular uh, this particular book, remember that this was the diary 
of Nehemiah. So he had been recounting his own history and the amazing accomplishment of his ministry that had lasted for for many, many years in Jerusalem. Of course, we understand from the very beginning that he was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes and that he held a very high position in the court of Persia. He'd come to, he felt the call of the Lord to, to go to Jerusalem. In 52 days, they were able to rebuild the wall. And after that point, he went back and we don't know how long he stayed, but he, he came back and became the governor of Jerusalem. And he periodically would go back to King Artaxerxes because he was still technically an employee of the, the kingdom of Persia because at that time, Persia was still ruling over all of Judah, Jerusalem. And he would go back periodically and then he would return back to his duties. And, and we don't know how long a span of time, but in some cases, it looks like at least a year or more that he was away. So here, he shares some of the issues that the children of Israel faced. Uh, they had seen the need for dedication last week, and the steps for dedication we saw were glorying because they prepared themselves for worship, gathering because they met together at the house of the Lord, and giving because all that they had belonged to the Lord. However, time had passed, and the people had lost interest. Bless us. <laughs> Although he had been governor for 12 years, uh, Nehemiah still had a relationship and a responsibility to King Artaxerxes. So while he was away, perhaps some laxity had begun even before he left, but while he was away, the people had allowed the law and its practices to lose value in their heart. So we see, beginning in verse 6, and we'll read the rest of the chapter throughout, but beginning in verse 6, through nine it says but in all this time was not i at jerusalem for in the two and thirtieth year of artaxerxes king of babylon came i unto the king and after certain days obtained i leave of the king and i came to jerusalem and understood of the evil that eliashib did for tobiah in preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of god and it grieved me sore Therefore, I cast forth all the household stuff of Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I commanded, and they cleansed the chambers, and thither brought I again the vessels of the house of God with the meat offering and the frankincense. So here we see judgment begins in the house of God. It is not known fully, but commentators do believe that Nehemiah was gone for at least a year. He, was, he had gone in the 32nd year of King Artaxerxes' reign, perhaps to celebrate his anniversary we, we're not quite sure <clears throat> but he did go there and while he was gone the the high priest Eliashib had begun some unsavory practices and when Nehemiah came back he found out the things that he had been doing Eliashib the priest was somehow related to Tobiah and this is the same Tobiah who from the very beginning of the book of Nehemiah was giving them such difficulty Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem who were gathering and, and trying to discourage the people trying to call together armies against Jerusalem and this is the same person well it says that somehow they're connected it doesn't tell us exactly how but 
perhaps through marriage they were related and the high priest abused his authority and allowed this pagan Tobiah to live in one of the temple storerooms that had once housed the offering for the Levites and the temple workers. It used to hold the vessels that were for the use of the temple. And he had put together these rooms for him to live in. This was wrong on so many levels. For one thing, from the beginning of this chapter, and we didn't read the very the very beginning, but it has the same general idea and outline. But the Ammonites, of whom Tobiah belonged, were not supposed to be allowed into the congregation of Israel. Their ancestors had refused to help the children of Israel as they walked through the wilderness. They had refused to give them safe passage. They they were not going to the Israelites were not going to fight against them. They just wanted to pass safely through the land. And the Ammonites refused that. They refused to give them any food or any water. So the Lord said, Don't have anything to do with the Ammonites. Stay away from them because they were not compassionate toward you, and we do not want you mixing with them because they have no desire to serve the Lord. So, this was wrong because he was an Ammonite. Second of all, it was wrong because no one except those of the tribe of Levi were supposed to be in or near some of those rooms in the temple. Not even the children of Israel were allowed to go in certain places. They were not allowed to sleep in the temple of the Lord. So, it was wrong even for the children of Israel to be able to go in and do such a thing. So for the high priest who knew better to allow this to happen was just a disgrace. When Nehemiah discovered that this enemy of the work had been allowed to dwell in God's house, he became so angry that he threw out all of Tobiah's possessions. He said, I went in and I threw out all of his household items. So I can just imagine Nehemiah in there just pulling out stuff and throwing it out into the yard just uh you know not even boxing it up just throwing it out you know best of luck to you Tobiah then in verses 10 through 14 we see another issue that was going on he says and I perceived that the portions of the Levites had not been given them for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled everyone to his field then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Then brought all Judah and the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil unto the treasuries. And I made treasurers over the treasuries, Shelemiah the priest and Zadok the scribe of the Levites, Pedeah, and the next to him was Hanan, son of Zachor, the son of Mataniah, for they were counted faithful, for their office was to distribute unto their brethren. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the offices thereof. And again, remember that this is his diary. So he's saying, Lord, bless me because I was good to your people. Remember what I have done for them. And don't forget me. Don't blot out my name, but remember and, and bless me for it. So the temple workers, we see, had been neglected. Even though at the end of last chapter, the people had signed and sealed a covenant saying that they were going to support the temple 
and the workers that they were going to bring their first fruits, that they were going to bring their tithes, that they were going to bring their offerings. They said, we agree to this and we will sign a document and we'll seal it with our signet ring and we will bring in what we're supposed to. Yes, Lord, we agree with you and we ask you to, to be Yahweh to us and make a covenant with us. Even though they had said all this, sometime between their dedication and the return of Nehemiah, they had lost interest. Because they were excited at first, but they lost interest. The temple had gone without, the workers had gone without, and they had had to return to their fields to support themselves. Some commentators suggest that the people's reluctance to give had to do with the fact that the high priest was mismanaging his responsibilities. They saw, well, the the storerooms have been cleared out to make way for this pagan Tobiah, so we're not going to give because there's nowhere to store it, and, and he's just going to use it in an inappropriate way. So we're not going to do what we're supposed to do because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Oh, dear. Have we, I don't know if we've ever said that before. Well, I, I know they're just going to use it for wrong, so I'm not even going to give. <clears throat> oh, man. That wasn't... I, wow, that just hit me. Nehemiah met with the rulers whose task it was to bring the first fruits and offerings of the people of the temple, and he reprimanded them and appointed faithful treasurers from all the priests. He appointed those who were trustworthy and who would distribute to the workers as was necessary. He deposed those who had been in rule, and he said, no more, you're being dishonest with what's being given, so we're going to have people in here who are trustworthy. Then there was another issue. Verses 15 through 22, we see that the Sabbath was not being respected. In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and lading asses as also, <coughs> excuse me, and also wine, grapes and figs and all manner of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in that day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish and all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, What evil thing is this that ye do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our God bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? Yet ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that they should not be opened till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants said I at the gates that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So the merchants and sellers of all kind of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth came they no more on the Sabbath. 
And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should come and keep the gates and sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O oh my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. So we're seeing a little different side of Nehemiah. By this time, he had been the governor of Jerusalem for 12 years. The people were very familiar with him, and he is just no nonsense. This, this manager, this governor of the city, and he's saying, I'm, I ain't finna be dealing with y'all. I am not putting up with this mess. So the, the Sabbath, we see the, the issue here was the Sabbath was a blessing from Yahweh. Just as he rested because he was satisfied with a job well done, he provides for his people a day to rest and reflect. So six days he worked. And I know that typically we have a five-day work week and, and off two days of those, but one of those days is for getting your house stuff done that, that is necessary or yard work or running errands or whatever it is. But there is a day that God has given us just to rest, just to, just to lay back and dwell in His presence and reflect on what's gone on throughout the week to, to see what's been good or to see what needs improvement for the next day, but not to work. He provides for us because our bodies, our minds, and our souls need a period of respite. However, instead of using this gift that God had given, they took advantage of that day to try to get more done. They were harvesting, they were transporting goods, they were buying and selling instead of resting. And Nehemiah confronted the nobles, reminding them that their ancestors' disrespect for the Sabbath caused God to become angry and bring his wrath upon them. And for this, among many other reasons, they were now under the rule of Persia. So he commanded that the gates be shut before the Sabbath began, and not be opened until the Sabbath day had ended. And a couple of times, those merchants stood outside the gates, hoping to entice customers to come out, and Nehemiah threatened to lay hands on them. He said, oh no, you come back, I'm about to lay hands on you, and probably not in a prayerful kind of way. We don't know for 100, but probably not. And then the last issue that the people had been committing, verses 23 through 31, it says, In those days also saw I Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod and could not speak in the Jews' language but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them, and cursed them, and smote certain of them, and plucked off their hair, and made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons, or for yourself. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations was there no king like him, who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish women cause to sin. 
Shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our God in marrying strange wives? And one of the sons of Joada, the son of Eliashib the high priest, was son-in-law to Sanballat, the Horonite. Therefore, I chased him from me. Remember them, O oh my God, because I, they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Thus cleansed I them from all strangers and appointed the wards of the priest and the Levites, every one in his business. And for the wood offering at times appointed and for the first fruits, remember me, O oh my God, for good. So the people had married pagans. Notice that each issue led to another. The high priest was allowing sin to have a place in the temple because he was related to people who were pagans and sinners. And he was allowing the sin to have the place in the temple, which caused people to stop supporting the house of God, which made them stop honoring the Holy Sabbath day which kept them from teaching their children about Yahweh. So each thing led to another, and it was circular, because this issue led to another issue, which led to another issue. And we see all these things, which that cycle is, is the kind of thing that Israel got stuck in so often. Those cycles of sin and disobedience that we, that we see Israel getting stuck in. Not, not us. But we see here that the men had married from the mixed multitude. And in the beginning of this chapter, it calls them a mixed multitude. And the thing is, the issue was not that they were foreigners. Okay. Whatever you believe, and I'm not going to look at anyone, whatever you believe, the Bible is not saying that, that two different races should not marry. It's saying that two different belief, belief systems should not be together. Okay, and I can show that to you in, in the Word <clears throat> for those who agree or disagree. So the mixed multitude are those who did not believe and did not want to believe because there were some from Moab we see Ruth who was in the line and lineage of David and also one of the ancestors of Jesus and she was a Moabitess because she came with Naomi and she said my God is going to be your God and my people are going to be your people we are going to agree together I agree that Yahweh will be my God and I'm going to abandon all these other things. So she was not technically of a mixed multitude. She was from a different race, but she was a believer. And that's the thing. So this mixed multitude was a problem because they refused to convert to Judaism and believe in Yahweh. They had no desire to follow the laws of God. And these men had not even taught their children how to speak the language of the Jews, let alone the law of the Lord. They had neglected their purpose as the head of the house. They had allowed these wives of theirs to raise the children, however, 
to allow them to speak the language of pagans, to allow them to choose whatever they wanted to. And instead of stepping up as a man of God and saying, no, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, they had just allowed whatever within their home. And this is what caused anger in the heart of Nehemiah. (laughs) So we see Nehemiah, that he fought them, that he cursed them, he hit them and pulled out their hair in order to get them to agree to not give their children in marriage to the heathens. So again, we see this this anger rise up within him, and he gets physically violent. I, I really thought that you would appreciate Nehemiah for these reasons. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm sure that um, some of us would like to snatch somebody bald-headed for... <laughs> for not listening and obeying the way that they should. So, Nehemiah was that kind of ruler, that kind of governor. So he reminded them that the marriage to unbelievers was what had caused Solomon to fall away from the Lord. Solomon, who had hundreds of wives and hundreds of concubines, had allowed all that to affect his relationship with the Lord. And even though he was called and chosen of God, that was what created his downfall, was being in relationship with someone who did not believe the same way he did. So they were now to separate themselves. And this had, al- this had also happened within the Levites, within the priests we see. And within the ministry of God's holy temple, they were, they were marrying those that they should not have, and they were not teaching their children the ways of God. So Nehemiah told those of the priesthood to separate themselves, to be purified, and return to the work of the Lord. We see that he spoke to from what it seems, he spoke to those who had already married those women and said, don't allow your children to marry pagans. But he spoke to those of the priesthood and said, separate yourselves and return to your proper ways of working in the house of the Lord. So, he ends this by saying, Remember the wood offering at the times appointed and the first fruits. Remember me, God, for good. The fire in the temple was to be perpetually burning. The temple workers had a responsibility to keep wood on this fire. And at this time, wood was scarce. And in a few chapters previous to this, they had cast lots to see who would bring wood periodically and the people of the nation of Judah were to bring the wood for the offering but the wood was not being given because none of the offerings were being given 
So he reinstituted this offering of wood that people would bring this as fuel for the fire to keep the fire in the temple going. Because it's the task of each individual to keep the fire going. So building maintenance, all things, our homes, our bodies, our cars, our relationships, every single thing require upkeep in order to ensure proper function. Due to busyness, lack of attention, lack of concern, or simply not knowing how, oftentimes important parts of our lives will fall into ruin. Have you seen it happen that neglect in one area leads to issues in another area? We are called to return. Back to our first works, back to our first love. And how do we do this? There are some steps that we see through this chapter that when Nehemiah returned, he asked the people to return back to their first works. And there are three different things that we see. The first thing is sanctification. What have I allowed to take up space that I should not have? The high priest knew better than to allow anyone, much less a pagan, to inhabit rooms in the temple. Often we allow unholy thoughts, negative words, bad attitudes, unhelpful actions to hold a place in our hearts. This takes up space that we should have reserved for the things of God. The joy, the peace the mercy, the compassion, the goodness of God that should be within our hearts get all pushed out because we allow other things to take up space. The hearts of the people were not set on giving and supporting the temple because other things had taken the place that God should have inhabited. Last week we mentioned ever so slightly about uh, tithing and giving. And the fact is, oftentimes people do not give because they do not trust. Just like the commentators say, most likely the people had stopped giving in their tithes and offerings because they didn't trust the priest. Sometimes we don't give the way that we should because we don't trust God. Well, Lord, if I give this, am I going to get it back? Am I going to have enough? But we have to get rid of the distrust and make room for God because it makes room for the blessings that God wants to give me there's an excellent series on tithing um, secure the bag um, Pastor Mike Todd does it and it's really really good but he talks about the fact that that when we give when we give of any part of ourselves that makes room for God to give back to us. Because it says if you, if you give, then he'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room to receive. Because when, when we give out, then there's more room to get in, but he's going to give so much, even though there's space in there, he's going to give so much it overflows. And we can continue to give out. 
So it's time to forcibly remove, just like Nehemiah did, to throw out anything in our hearts that would take up space reserved for God. To stop junking up our heart. That ruins a building when it's full of junk. It makes it a hazard in so many ways if it's full of junk. And the same way in our hearts, if, if our hearts and our lives are full of junk, if our minds and our spirits are full of junk that shouldn't be there, it's time to get rid of that stuff. The second thing is Sabbath. When was the last time you experienced true rest? The Sabbath is a gift that we must choose to receive and use. Because people can offer me a gift and I don't have to take it. People can offer me a gift and I can take it and leave it wrapped up or sitting on the shelf. I don't have to use it. The Sabbath is a gift from God. Now, in the time of Jesus, in order to keep the Sabbath... The Pharisees and the Sadducees had made so many rules surrounding the Sabbath. You can only walk this many steps. And if you walk more, then you're working and you've broken the Sabbath. You can only do this kind of action, but you can't do that kind of action. That's part of the reason that they hated Jesus so much, because he refused to follow those Sabbath rules, and he would heal people on the Sabbath. And the, the thing is, even now... The elevators there, and Sister Dean could, could testify to this, that even the elevators, you don't have to push a button for them. They have Sabbath elevators that you get on, and they stop at every single level. Going up, coming back down, you have to stop on every single level because pushing a button is working. Now, in the legalistic sense, sure, they're keeping the Sabbath, but the idea of this is taking a time to rest and reflect. To look back on the work that you've done throughout the week and say, this is good, that it's been accomplished. But there were those in Jerusalem in Nehemiah's day who were using this gift of God as a day to catch up. Oh my. Now we don't, we don't do Sabbath as in uh, you know, a time on a Friday night through Saturday, our Sabbath, what we consider, is Sunday because that's when Jesus raised from the dead, and so we celebrate and we come together on a Sunday. But then Paul said, you can esteem one day or another, but every day is a blessing from the Lord. So <clears throat> perhaps if we have too many other things happening so that we cannot enjoy a time of rest, then one of a few things might be going on. Perhaps a reason that we cannot enjoy Sabbath is we have not trusted God with our time. We feel that we must use every spare moment or we'll fall behind. God is able to redeem our time when we spend it with Him and on him when we tithe of our we, we can trust God with our finances when we tithe of our money we believe that God will take what's left 
and we'll make it more than enough. When we tithe of our time, when we give that time to the Lord, we can trust that he'll take what's left and make it more than enough. That when we put him first in our day, when we put him first in our week, because Sunday is the first day of the week, so if we consider it that way, when we put him first, then we can trust that we'll get everything done and accomplished that we need to by the next time of rest. That could be one problem. Another problem is that we have too many things going on and we need to learn to prioritize. What are you giving your work time to so that you have no chance to rest? And I get it. <clears throat> I can point all five fingers back at myself because I tell you there are times that I am busy. Busy. Okay? So I can feel conviction about this because I, I fill up my time with a whole bunch of stuff. I've learned that honest. <clears throat> we won't mention any names. But anyway... <laughs> Or we feel that our worth is tied to our busyness. Therefore, we do not allow ourselves to be still. Because if, I, if I'm sitting still, if I'm resting, if I'm truly resting, then I'm not getting anything done and I'm not worth anything. Lord, help us, because I know that that's some people's problem. That my worth is tied to how much I can accomplish through the week. And if I take any time to just sit down and take a breather, then perhaps I'm not worth anything. I'm, and I, I call myself lazy, even though I'm not being lazy. I'm just taking the rest that was rightfully given to me by my Father. Oh, my. Lord, help us to take that time of Sabbath to understand that it is not it is not time wasted, but it is time well spent on the Lord. The third thing, oh, excuse me, no, just as Nehemiah did, we need to shut out all the potential distractions and time thieves. Rest is a necessary and precious gift, and we crumble without it. If, if something is constantly going, going, going and never given a time to rest it breaks down if we never take a restorative moment then our minds or our bodies or our spirits are going to have a breakdown at some point so rest is necessary the third thing strengthening the family because how will they know unless we teach them those on whom we have the most influence need to hear from us and see lived out by us that Jesus is the answer. In Nehemiah's absence, these men who were called to be the spiritual leaders of their household had aligned themselves with people who had no desire to obey God or follow his laws. So they were raising a generation who knew nothing about the Lord. These kids didn't even know how to speak the language of Yahweh. So how would they learn to follow him? How would they know what his law said? Because they couldn't even read them for themselves. Or if they heard them read, they couldn't understand them. Because they didn't even speak God's language. We hurt those around us. 
by chasing our own heart rather than God's. By following after those things that would cause us pleasure instead of thinking about what they needed. Lord, help us. We must get serious about living our lives for Christ. Just as Nehemiah did not hold back in his reprimands, even going so far as to get physical, we must return to the Lord. Bringing the fire with us because we are each called to contribute wood to keep the temple fire burning. We, we've got to get excited about the Lord. We've got to help those around us get excited about the Lord because Jesus is coming soon. So can we build it? Yes, we can. But are we going to maintain what's been built? Because today is about returning and maintaining. That's up to us. We're able to maintain. We're able to go back, to return to those first works through sanctification. So today... I encourage each of us to pray, Lord, search us, break us, send us to accomplish your purposes. Throw out all the things, Lord, that displease you. Get rid of anything in our hearts. Get rid of anything that would keep us from you. Sanctify us. Make us ready for your purpose. Make us vessels that are, are able to serve. Sabbath. And I encourage us to pray today because the Lord provided rest for his people. So, Lord, show us how to take that gift and how to use it. And we must strengthen the family because we're all family. All of us here, we're family. And we each have a unique sphere of influence. Each and every one of us has someone that we can exclusively reach for the Lord. Let us understand what an expansive mission field we have all around us. And Lord, give us your heart for service. And Lord, let us build the fire that cannot be extinguished. So as the music plays... Again, finishing up this, this thought and idea of Nehemiah and, and believing, believing that the Lord wants to do something in us and through us, that he wants to build something, using each of us to build. But there are steps that we each have to take to receive from the Lord and accomplish his purposes. You give life. As we go to the Lord in prayer, you just you bring light ask Him to, to reveal to you, and Lord, reveal to me where I am in this in this grand scheme of things. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you call us out of the place that we have been. Father, we thank you that you have a vision. 
thank you that you have a purpose for us as individuals, for us as a church. I thank you, Father, that you have not left us, that you have never forsaken us, that not for a moment did you leave us alone. I thank you that through this series and through this message that you are showing us that you're opening our eyes to see that we don't need to live life in ruins that we don't need to that we don't need to stay in the way that things have been just because we're discouraged but God we need to lift up those burdens and build upon them Father, that we need to be completely dedicated to your work and your purpose because you're coming soon. Father, I thank you and I praise you that through today we have understood that in order to maintain, in order to accomplish the rest of what you have asked for us to do, we need to be sanctified. Father, I pray for each person who's here, for each person who's watching or each person who will be watching a desire for sanctification to understand that yes that through Jesus salvation is possible that when we receive Christ that we are going to heaven but that there's a next step and that's sanctification that even though we may have been Christians for a long long time there are still things that come up within us that we allow to have place that we shouldn't and father today i pray that you would shine that searchlight of the holy spirit into our hearts and get rid of forcibly remove god just throw out everything that would hold a place that is not you father god for those attitudes that we've had that you would get rid of them father god for the doubt that we've had that you would just push it out. Father God, for the actions that we have taken that we shouldn't have. God, those things within our hearts that don't please you, I pray that you would remove them, get rid of them in Jesus' name. God, search us, break us, break our hearts for the things that break yours. God, sanctify us, clean us up, make us ready vessels for the Holy Spirit to come in, that we can see the mission that we have to do. Father, I ask that each person would receive the gift of Sabbath, because we're tired, God. We're tired. And I know that as I said those things, that there were some people who said, you just don't know how much I have to do. I know that, God. I know that within their minds they were saying, you just don't understand, but God, you know, and you understand. For those who are weary, for those who are weary, you said in your word, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You didn't tell them, for all those who are laboring and heavy laden, keep working. So God, we ask you that each person who is tired and who is weary, 
would turn to you and just rest in your arms today. God, that we would not see our worth in how much we can do, but that we would understand our worth only comes from you. Father God, we just pray for a spirit of rest to come on to each of us today. God, as today is the Christian day of Sabbath, the Christian day that we have set aside to rest in you, I just pray a spirit of rest on each and every heart, those who are weary and heavy laden. And Father, I pray that each of us would strengthen our families, that's our blood families, but also our church family. God, that we would teach those around us the language of the Lord, the goodness and the blessings of God. Lord, that we would that we would constantly, that we would take every opportunity to speak of your goodness. That each person around us would see the goodness of God in our lives, how much you've done for us, and how grateful we are. Father, I pray that you would receive us as wood for the fire. That we would be living sacrifices. That the fire of your spirit would continue to burn. That nothing would hinder it and nothing would put it out. God, we need you so much. We need you so much, God. Sink deep into our hearts. Allow your word. Allow your word to accomplish everything that it's supposed to. Because your word doesn't come back void. We trust you, God. We trust you. We thank you that you have heard the cry of our hearts today. We trust you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. And we say to all of your people, and not just as a rote response to the end of the service, God, but we really and truly believe that as Aaron spoke over the children of Israel, the Levitical blessing, God, that we speak over your people today. May the Lord bless you. And may he keep you. May his face shine on you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.